Welcome to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church on this second Sunday of Lent. We are glad that you have joined us in person and online for worship today. Let us stand as we are able for our opening hymns. But before we do that, our Lenten candle liturgy. But you're ready, right? <laughs> we continue our movement through the Lenten season this week with another kind of letting go. This week we lament that so much in life is out of our control. This is frustrating to us. And so sometimes we have been tempted to believe the sayings that tell us if we just think positively, we can turn it all around. Yet our experience tells us that this doesn't always work. Let us turn ladder climbing toward the expectation of a perfect life into garden tending nurturing what is and embracing our holy and good lives. What in our lives do we dream about for tomorrow? Void of sorrow. Time spent regretting decisions of our yesterdays and mistakes we made. Sometimes, sometimes we get what we get. Life disappoints us and yet God is still here, and somehow, faith is good enough. I invite you to stand for the opening hymn.
Whoa, I have just been so excited to come back and check on our plants. I know, we had those starting last week when we began the yeah. season of Lent. Wanna go check on them? Yeah, I'm all ready. Okay, let's, let's go see. see I brought some water. Let's see how they're doing. doing. Um, what do you think? So we left them last week and uh, they're looking, what happened over there? <laughs> okay, they definitely need some water. So talk to me a little, a little bit about the care that you did with the plants from last week to this week. Oh, um, well, we were here last Sunday and I yep. looked at the plants and talked about them. Uh-huh. And then uh, I prayed for them all week. Okay. So that, that was probably the extent of my care for the plants. Okay. Um, what what? <sighs> Uh, what would should be we be doing a little bit differently, especially over there? You know, have, do you see the roots in this plant? I mean, they're they've reached the bottom, so maybe what what we need to do is replant this one. Yeah, That's I think it's thing. it's probably growing I out. It can't even reach the water anymore. I know, and I think your water is going to really yeah. help. And I don't know. Do you think they get enough sunlight in here? No, I think maybe we need to. Oh, I forgot this one back here. Sometimes the ones hiding in the back we forget. So I. I mean, we'll do all we yeah. can, right? We'll yeah. do all we can, but you know, in the end, we kind of gotta let them let, let us just see what happens to them. Yeah. You know, we do all we can, but then these are living things. They're gonna do what they're gonna do, and we do our best. Yeah. So, so sometimes we just have to adapt, change, uh, see what's gonna happen, and and they may not grow exactly the way that we think they're going to. Because ultimately, it's not in our control, right? right? And that's a lot of what happens in life and what we're gonna talk about today in Sunday School and Children's Church is that we do our best and we look to God, but our lives are in his hand, this world is in his hands, we trust God, um, and we wait on God. And that's yeah. our message today. And, and we'll bring some more water. Okay. Let's pray. God, creator, thank you for this world. Thank you for living things. Thank you for our faith community and our family here. God, this world that we live in is unpredictable. It can be scary. It is definitely out of our control. So we pray that you would help us to uh, trust you, to do our part, to do all that we can do to make this world the best place it can be to care for the living things that you have given us, to take care of the ones in our lives, to take care of ourselves, but ultimately help us to trust you that you are holding this world in your hands. Thank you that we can look back in our lives and in our, the history of the world. Thank you for your scripture that shows us that you are involved, that you are at work, and that you are good. Help that be our message today. We thank you and we love you. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, normally we go right off to Children's Church right now. But, but I'd really like to hear the bells play. I would too. So we're going to stay in here while the bells play, and then we'll head off to Children's Church after that. Sounds good. Okay, let's do it.
invite you to take a moment and extend in a socially distanced way the passing of the peace to your brothers and sisters this morning. in the balcony for our friends at home. We miss you. We're glad you're watching. The peace of the Lord be with you. Join me now in receiving our choral intro to our time of prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are grateful for this day, for the blue skies and the chirping birds and the whispers of spring that is coming. We thank you for this Lenten journey which reminds us to stop and find value in who we are in this moment, not just in who we aspire to be. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who has loved us in every way that we are made and in every stage of our journey. And we pray that you will continue to remind us that we are more than capable of serving you and your kingdom in this beautiful work of building beloved community. We thank you for this church, which reminds us that all are welcome, that the table that you have laid is for all people, that all are made in your image, and that you are with us on the journey of helping to share this message of love. Help our church to be a church that is unafraid to give that prophetic good news, to confront injustice when we see it, and to seek change hearts of hate into hearts of love. We pray this morning for open hearts and minds in our denomination and across our community across our nation. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit over us. Let it move through people. Let it break apart the things inside them that do not allow their hearts to love fully, which contribute to hate or discrimination. Pour your wisdom and hope over the foolishness that is unfolding in Florida so that other angry hearts and narrow minds that are eyeing from other places don't take up this legislative call that has been made to once again marginalize the lives and existences of LGBT people. Deliver us from these actions and may the rhetoric that surrounds them cause no more harm. Strengthen and surround people in the LGBT community as this conversation is raised 
And once again, the very grace and individuality and humanity of people is questioned in a way that is deeply unchristian and unfaithful. Please assure all with your presence that they are uniquely loved and accepted and help us to be champions of your love in the world. This morning we continue to pray for our friends in the Ukraine. We mourn the loss of every life on both sides of this war and we pray, God, we beseech you to bring wisdom to the leaders who are making decisions that will impact generations to come. We pray for peace. We pray for relief from this unbearable terror and pain. And we pray that you continue to give hope and strength to those who are living in it. We watch from afar and we pray that you will ensure that our love is felt in those places. We pray for all who are healing and in recovery, experiencing illness and loss. We know that they are in your hands, but we pray that we will also be able to give them support in the ways that they need it and that you will strengthen us in this work. We offer you now a moment of silent prayer for all those prayers that remain on our hearts and minds and are unsaid. Dear God, you know who we are in the deepest and most silent parts of ourselves, and we are grateful for this. Please accept these prayers from us. Receive our devotion, our adoration, and continue to walk with us as we follow your son, that great teacher, that Prince of Peace, who is leading us onward towards a place we do not know yet, but we know is with you, both here on this earth and beyond. We thank you for his life and his work and for the prayer that he taught us together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. So we have a few announcements. There's a lot happening in the life of our church. I'm so happy to see you. Today, after church, I'm gonna invite you to stay with us another 20, 25, 30 minutes Join us in the gym because we are going to be building blessing bags for the first time since the pandemic began. We have enough supplies to create bags that will support our neighbors in need for more than 450. But many hands and a very experienced assembly line will help us get through it really quickly. We need you to join us for a little bit so we can create these bags of blessing that provide some basic 
um, supplies for folks who are living unhoused or in need of those things in this moment. So join us after church in the gym. It's going to be a great time. Um, we also have wonderful Lenten devotions that you can dip into every day on our Facebook page. If you need a moment of prayer and reflection, and they are offered by members of our community, our pastoral staff, and our congregation. And so we hope that you will visit the Facebook page each day to take a moment for yourself, to center yourself in this journey that we're taking about learning to tend our garden and to care for ourselves. Next Sunday is Marathon Sunday. That doesn't mean stay home from church Sunday. That means prepare your route ahead of time Sunday. So <laughs> we are excited to see you here. Please come because it's also going to be our call to action Sunday. And that's what we're doing every third Sunday of the month. We take a little bit of time from the pulpit to talk about a really pressing issue that's um, important to our community. And then we do an action. And next week we are going to be doing a really colorful postcard campaign to Florida legislators to remind them that God loves all people and they have the option to do the right thing. And we're going to be passing some petitions that could um, create ballot initiatives to create more affordable housing. So we really need you to be here. If you can be here to do that, if you're online and you want to write a postcard, we'll also have instructions for that next week. And on April 3rd, it's everybody's favorite Sunday, Blessing of the Animal Sunday. So if you have a friend um, who is of the non-human variety who would like to be blessed Bring that goldfish over or whoever it is that needs a little extra blessing. We're going to be ready for you. Lastly, all of these ministries that we do, this work that we're in, this long-term work of kingdom making and beloved community building is made possible through your generous gifts and offering. You can give online. You can give in the basket outside. You can give by dropping a check in the mail. All that we ask is that you give with a glad heart ready to support the work of Christ in the world. Thank you.
A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Ah, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stone those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. Our Lenten sermon series <clears throat> is entitled Good Enough, Embracing the Imperfections of Life and Faith. Welcome to a Lent of affirming a faith in which we are blessed regardless and where we can lean into embracing our good enough lives. Our readings from the gospel during this season will remind us that the Christ lives and moves among us even during the most trying of situations, personal, professional, political. And yet even now, even today, God is here, and somehow that is good enough. Now, I had a smack upside the head moment this week that reminded me of that. Thursdays are typically my tie up all the loose ends, so maybe I get to take part of Friday off. It's the day when I finish the sermon, hopefully get COVID tested, and whatever else. Well, this past Thursday, I was preoccupied with a couple of pastoral situations and the traffic on Barham, which I always forget and turn down that way. Uh, and so when I arrived here in the parking lot, I was getting my things together. I did something that I hadn't done in more than a decade. I promptly locked my keys in the car. My keys, my phone, my coffee, all were out of my reach. And it took me a moment, seriously, and said, what do I do? Well, of course, I came in and called AAA and waited the requisite 30 minutes. But in those 30 minutes, I pondered how completely the situation was beyond my control. I couldn't go to my office because the key guy was going to come at any time. 
I couldn't check messages or make calls. I could not drink my Starbucks. All I could do was wait for a lovely man to come and take 20 seconds to open my door, which reminded me that I was dependent, that I was dependent sometimes on others, not a state I enjoy living in, I'm going to tell you. But I, and to make it all worse, on Thursday mornings is when the entire staff joins with the Oaks to get COVID testing. So I'm standing out here by my car and every single staff person is walking by saying, what's up, Kathy, what's, what, do you need something? And I'm just there, mm -hmm, no, this is what I did. So I went, when it was all over, I walked up to my office and as I was walking up, I said, thank you, God, I think, because I hadn't yet figured out an opening sermon illustration and boy, this was a good one. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus is responding to a reality that was out of control, and he was being urged to reconsider his options. So let's look at the context. Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem in the travel narrative that Luke records. He's full on in ministry. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's eating with sinners, and he's proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. He is so busy, and boy, is he becoming really popular that he has completely annoyed Herod. But, you know, that's not really a surprise. Jesus knows that Herod is out to get him. And here's why. Herod Antipas, who, who is the successor to the evil Herod of the Nativity stories, and equally as ineffective as that Herod was at hindering God's plans, is motivated by fear and a deep hunger for power and security. Hmm, where have we heard that before? His vision of how things should be obviously clashes with the things that Jesus is saying and doing as he travels around, right there on Herod's home turf. Jesus then has an encounter, a warning, as he travels on that road towards Jerusalem, the road out of Galilee. He encounters some Pharisees. Now, it's not a surprise that Jesus and the Pharisees have exchanged some words about the legitimacy of his ministry. And the Pharisees, as we know, have tended to be the enforcers of the rule of Herod. So for a presumably small group of Pharisees to a broken rank and come to warn Jesus about Herod's malintentions, it's a really big deal. Did they see Jesus as one of their own, despite some, let's just call them administrative technicalities? Did they see him as a teacher who loves the people of God and didn't want him punished on account of that love? Maybe. Or did these Pharisees share with Jesus a common love of the city, a love of Jerusalem and of its people? Did they want to forestall any action of Herod that would bring devastation to the city and its inhabitants, including themselves? Did they think that Jesus would acquiesce to their concerns to avoid such potential consequences? We really don't know. But what we do know is that Jesus uses the Pharisees as messengers back to Herod, stating unequivocally that he will not retreat even to save himself. Jesus is clear on his mission and his purpose. And he tells the Pharisees, go tell that fox Go tell Herod that today and tomorrow I'm going to be casting out devils and I'm going to be working cures and I'll be doing it on the third day as well. 
And then even as Jesus foreshadows his death in Jerusalem, he offers a metaphor of the people of the city as a flock of chickens. He longs to gather under his wings because of his great love for them. And then Jesus weeps because Jerusalem is no ordinary city, but one that holds the presence of God in its temple or had long claimed to do so. Jesus echoes other prophets who warn Jerusalem that the presence of God has left its midst. The prophets who warned of the consequences of the people's wanderings away from God, as well as the prophets who spoke words of comfort in the worst suffering of the people. But in any case, God never abandoned God's people. Judgment, yes, but there was mercy as well. So Jesus wept. He lamented because he knew his beloved Jerusalem was going to break his heart. Jesus knows that he can only bring the message of God's love and grace, and he was called to do so in spite of the danger, but it was beyond his control to make the people accept it. And that caused him great frustration. But we all know what that's like, don't we? When all we want is for another person to love us or to talk to us or to forgive us, but we can't compel them to. All we can do is say, I am here. I am here and I'm presenting myself, but the rest of it is out of my control. It's up to you and I'm going to put it all in God's hands. That's what Jesus did with the city. And he persisted on his mission. Debbie Thomas wrote this week that yes, Jesus mocks Herod by calling him a fox, but he never says the fox isn't dangerous. He never promises his children immunity from harm. I mean, let's face it, if a fox wants to kill a brood of chicks, he's going to find a way to do so. <clears throat> what Jesus the mother hen offers is not the absence of danger, but the fullness of his unguarded, open-hearted, wholly vulnerable self in the face of all that scares us and threatens us. What Jesus gives is his own body, his own life. What he promises at great risk to himself is the making of his very being into a place of refuge and return for his children, for all of his children, even the ones who want to stone him and kill him. You see, Jesus remained determined to face what lay ahead in Jerusalem. He rejected the easy way out to lay low for a while until Herod had calmed down. <clears throat> Jesus knew how God was calling him and he refused to lose sight of that mission for our sake today, not only for the sake of the people in his own time. My heart has hurt, as I know yours has as well, on the continued horrific attacks on the people of Ukraine and the senseless pain that they are enduring because of the desire for dominance by a neighboring dictator. All of it is so far out of control that even a news junkie like me wants to turn it off and turn away from the tragedy of it all. 
How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and yet you were not willing. Jesus' words are a lamentation for all that could have been in this chaotic and clueless world. Thomas says, it's a lamentation for the real limits we live with as human beings. The lasting wounds. The hopes that come to nothing. Sometimes, like Jesus the mother hen, we can't do what we most desire to do. We can't give what we deeply long to give. We can't save the loved ones we ache to save. <clears throat> so when all is out of control, what we need to do is find ways to hear and respond anew to our calling in Jesus Christ. Whether it's through an intensive time of prayer, making a special offering through UMCOR, donating for refugee housing at Airbnb, or voicing your support for the Ukrainian people and their right to self-determination to your elected officials, because even those who are supportive of that need to hear from us as people of faith. In the words of Marsha McPhee, the creator of this entire series, we need to learn to dance with the unfolding of that which is ours, which is not ours to control. We need to learn to dance with the unfolding of which that is not ours to control. And we need to allow to say it's good enough that we know we can't control everything to be our balm in Gilead. That's why during these days of Lent, these days of reflection, introspection, allow ourselves to be convicted again of the power, the life, and the sacrificial love of Jesus our Christ. Because that great love is our power and our hope when so much in our lives is out of control. And we have all felt that at one point or another during the past two years of pandemic and isolation. The great preacher and writer Barbara Brown Taylor says that Jesus won't be king of the jungle of this story or of any story. What he will be is a mother hen who stands between the chicks and those who mean to do them harm. She has no fangs, no claws, no rippling muscles. All she has is her willingness to shield her babies with her own body. If the fox wants them, he will have to kill her first. Jesus came to be a suffering servant and live a life of self-sacrifice. And he calls us to that life as well. So family, it's up to us. It's up to us to listen to the news, no matter how hard it is. It's up to us to be a voice for shalom, for peace, for the least and the lost in our midst. It's up to us claiming the power of Jesus our Christ to not despair when things are out of control from the very mundane to the world impacting, but instead to depend ever more greatly on Jesus the Christ, even as we journey with him towards Jerusalem. And we need to claim that that journey is good enough. Amen.
as we leave this place now to go build some blessing bags in the gymnasium and to get there, you just walk through the courtyard and it's in, it's right behind here actually, but just walk around. Uh, two quick things, we are having a vaccination clinic in the parking lot this afternoon between one and four. If you know of anyone who needs a booster or a vaccine at all, have them come over. It's being run by the LA County Department of Public Health. Everyone is welcome, it's free. And then we've got our Lenten cross here, uh, which we put up every year. There are papers and pens and uh, tacks that you can write a prayer that's on your heart this uh, Lent and uh, simply place it on the cross. Uh, at any point, just we ask you remain socially distanced when you do so, but that is available both before and after worship. So go now, knowing that God is good enough that our lives are good enough, and that even when things are out of our control, God is with us. Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.